Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On the Prowl Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Roten. And I'm Remy Johnson. Thank you for listening to us today. Today on this episode, we have current Ole Miss basketball head coach Kermit Davis with us and former SEC Coach of the Year. Welcome to the show, Coach. Well, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing today, man? Doing good. Doing good. Just been a July's a, a real busy month for for college basketball. Um, we're working our team out um, probably four times a week. We're allowed four hours on the floor, and then um, obviously it's three busy weekends of recruiting. Mm-hmm. So we'll leave Thursday morning after our early morning workout and go Thursday to Sunday, and that'll kind of repeat the process. We'll go Friday to Sunday the next two weekends. So, uh, but yeah, July maybe July and September maybe two of our very busiest months because of basketball and recruiting. Well, I wanted to compliment you and your team a little bit, man. Your great your facilities are looking great. The pavilion and your new basketball facilities and. Everything you guys have down there is, it looks like it's fun to be in and be a part of with that fan base. Yep, it is. It's, um, you know, Ross and Keith and the administration, and thanks to a lot of the great boosters, you know, the Pavilion, we think, is one of the, the very best basketball arenas in the country. Some people have ranked it the number one facility uh, in the SEC. Uh, the TUI facility, you know, that was way back, probably about 2010 or 11, that Sean and Leanne uh, gave a great gift to, to get this one built. Our practice facility is unbelievable. We, we've really kind of put our touches on it and even added some touches to the pavilion. But we do. We, we think that when recruits come in here, it obviously favorably it compares and is better than uh, we, we think competes against the very best in college basketball. Oh, yeah, it's definitely beautiful. I wanted to get things rolling. What got you into the game of basketball? Yeah, well, you know, my dad, I grew up, my dad was a basketball coach. He was a high school coach for a few years. And then he went uh, to Mississippi State as an assistant coach, was the head coach at Mississippi State uh, for seven years. And so I just knew early on, really, when I was five or six, that that's what I wanted to do. And I got right into college coaching uh, after I got my degree as a GA and then went to Southwest Junior College. And so, yeah, I was lucky. I just got privy to a a bunch of different experiences that most young guys my age don't get privy to uh, sitting on my dad's bench when they were playing at Kentucky or Tennessee or, or Ole Miss or Florida or Georgia, wherever it may be, and got to meet a bunch of people. So right. it was a real easy decision for me. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I know that you actually played some in your in your lifetime. So what kind of led you to your coaching career after your playing career? Yeah, you know, I played junior college basketball for, for two years in Arkansas. Right. And um, then went on to play at Mississippi State for two years and was a GA. And, and my first job was a junior college basketball coach at Southwest Junior College in Summit, Mississippi. And I was 24 years old, really young, uh, but it was great. I could, I mean, I taught business classes while I was there and did everything, you know, had no assistance or anything. And it was a great experience for me. And, um, so, you know, but I, but I really enjoyed the junior college level. I spent five years there. It's great when you're a young coach. You can learn so much, do a bunch of different things from recruiting to coaching to running your own program. And uh, and so really that that experience kind of got me got me going in uh, in college basketball. I have to ask, uh, you see shows like Last Chance You, especially with basketball. Uh, how 
how would uh, realistic would you say that is compared to like your experiences? Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's there's some guys that are out there. I haven't watched all of it. I've watched some episodes of it. Yeah. And but there's a lot of real life stuff to that. That you know, the junior college coach there. That you know, that the things that that you go through with your players uh, that were less fortunate. You know, some of the backgrounds that they come to college with. You know, from an academic background to different things that may have happened uh, where they come from, and to get them there and to get them kind of accustomed to the academic world and and what it really takes to go on and then get to the next level. Yeah. A lot of guys will grow up in a lot of different areas and just think they're going to be pros. And there's just so much that goes into it. I mean, people skills, soft skills, academic performance, the way you handle yourselves. Uh, so it, it, everything matters. And uh, so it really is. So uh, like I said, I hadn't watched it all, but there's a lot of truth to you know, getting those guys from a ton of different areas and bringing them into a team to where they're, you know, you try to mesh them together and you go through some tough times trying to do it. Oh, yeah. So what made you, like, finally decide on coaching after your playing career was over? Yeah, I, I just I just knew I was going to do it. I just knew it. Uh, I've enjoyed it my whole life. Uh, work, gosh, every summer I worked tons of basketball camps all summer long. Uh it's just something that I did 24-7 my whole life. And uh, I loved every aspect of it. And uh, so, like I said, it was – and I get it, you know, like my daughter, whoever, you know, people will kind of go through a period of time not really knowing what they do, what they want to do. And they'll kind of have to go through to, some, through to some different areas of work till they finally find their niche. And like I said, I was just lucky because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I was, I was kind of – for me – you know, I wanted to go straight to college and I was fortunate enough to do that and have stayed there ever since. Yeah, I totally understand. And like other things that you mentioned, you mentioned that you're a Mississippi State grad and now you're coaching at the in-state rival. How has that been for you so far? You know, the, the, the main thing for me is that I'm back to my home state. Yeah, and I've always had so much respect from Ole Miss and I, I was on the, I'm now been on both sides of the rivalry, but I've always had a ton of, of good Ole Miss pals growing up. My dad, my whole family has. Uh, Sean Tui and I, John Stroud, James Green, we we're all really, really good friends. Uh, and, you know, I just to, to be back in Mississippi, to be at the flagships uh, school. Nobody wants to beat Mississippi State. I promise you more than than Kermit Davis. And, uh, <laughs> and I get it. And it's a, it's a, it's been a, a great rivalry and some really, really good games. Uh, but but the main thing is, guys, I'm back in my home state coaching at an unbelievable school with great administration, wonderful facilities and, you know, trying to win an SEC championship. Well, you started off at Middle Tennessee before you had gotten to Oxford. So talk more about what it's like being a, known as a bracket busters. Yeah, that was a, that was a great day. You know, um, the Michigan state win and, um, you know, we were a 15 seed. There were a two seed. Some people thought they should have been a one. Nearly everybody picked them to win the national championship. And it just shows you what college basketball is about. You saw Earl Roberts do it this year. Uh, you know, it just, it just can happen. And it's a little different in football, but in basketball, the talent level is different. Only five guys. The three-point line has has made it very, very equal. And that day, we just got off to such a great start. We're in St. Louis and got up, I think, 15 to 2. So all of a sudden, the 16,000 people in the stands, it turned into a home game for us. I think Syracuse was there. Uh, Dayton was there. And all those people pulling for uh, the Blue Raiders, Middle Tennessee. And 
our guys were just unbelievable. Michigan State played good. They played really good. They they shot it great. Uh, I think we were – I forget where we were from the three, but we shot it great from the three. Ended up scoring 90 points against a really good Michigan State team and felt so good for our fan base, our players, and it really kind of probably was the most historic win in the history of Middle Tennessee athletics, and I was just glad to sure be a part of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you – You've mentioned your expansive uh, coaching history so far, so I'm sure you've seen a lot of situations. And now recently, there's the uh, the NIL, or for those who don't know, the name image likeness. How would you say that's affected you so far? I know it's been a couple of days, but uh, what are your thoughts on that and how it'll it'll affect college sports right. going on? So if you, if you guys can kind of put your arms around this, I mean, I started coaching when there was no cell phones and no shot clocks, okay? So wow. I've, made, I've made a 360, okay, to where my, my players <laughs> can't really grasp that, that we use pay phones and you only can make a phone call to recruit from your office to now the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness. But I do think it's 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 it, has it changed the landscape? No question. Is it great for student-athletes? No doubt about it. Will college athletics ever be the same? No, it won't. It's going to keep getting closer and closer and closer to the pro level. And um, when everybody can have their own representation with um, agents and, you know, but but I just think, I think the NCAA has tried to do better, at least in my lifetime, of putting more money legally in the pockets of your student athletes by extra meals, cost of attendance, different opportunity funds that you can do. So I think this is another major step over it. It's going to be a learning trial era, you know, of, of, of guys doing it, but, but good for student athletes to, uh, to be able to do it because, you know, you think about the fairness of it, uh, the, the lady or the guy in the band or, or the great, guy in electrical engineering or the artist, musician, they could do it, but student athletes could not. And so it's the fair and right thing to do. And uh, But I do think it's going to take a while. I think you'll see some different things that will be added, deleted, to try to make it to where, you know, we can uh, still propel the student athletes and uh, make it fair for everybody involved. So now a lot of guys are including the G League Academy in their top five and top four. So what are your thoughts on, like, the G League Academy competing as a rival with guys being as their final schools to being a competitor? Yep. You know, the question about name, image, and likeness, I think that's going to help us because it will allow a player to come in as a freshman when he normally couldn't make any money and he has to turn down a certain amount of money to be able to – you know, to propel his own brand to make money. You know, the biggest thing you see, and it, it'll work out for two or three guys in the draft. There's probably normally only about four or five of those guys, maybe six or seven that, that will do it. But like Jalen Suggs chose not to. And probably his personal branding because of what he did at Gonzaga and what he did at NCAA tournament, you know, when he goes into an NBA market, his name is going to be a lot more well-known than some of the other guys that just played in the G League where nobody watched them. And so you can still increase your personal brand at a higher rate playing on national TV, TV and the college athletics. You know, sometimes the money may be hard for some of those kids to turn down, but, you know, you you got to maybe look into the future 
of exactly how you're going to be coached, how you're going to be developed. Uh, we all think that the college game can do that in the very best way. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that'll develop in the next couple of years. And also to tie into that with like recruiting, um, how would you say recruiting has been for you at Ole Miss and has, has recruiting at Ole Miss been different from your last couple of stops that you've been in before? You know, I, I was an assistant coach at LSU and we took over a program that kind of like this one was. It had finished last the year before we got there and we built it into winning an SEC championship. And then even when Sweet 16, when I left and I went to middle and then a couple of years later, I went to a final four and did some national things. So, you know, the, the process uh, has been fun. The SEC is a great, great league. It's what I wanted. It's what our staff wanted. And uh, so I just think the level. We had some great, great players and beat a lot of SEC teams. We were at Middle Tennessee. But, you know, like to be able to go sign Deshaun Ruffin, who was a McDonald All-American, uh, Matthew Morrell's top 40 in America, Jamin Brakefield, five-star from Duke. And we've got a number of other really, really good, highly recruited players. Uh, but – just to be able to coach against the very best players every night, the very best coaches, and to know that every time you play an SEC game, it's on national TV. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And that's what we, you know, as coaches, you work your whole life to you're signing up for that right there. Oh yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So also another recruiting tie-in. So how often do you find yourself in Memphis for recruiting purposes? Because it's kind of like in your own backyard with it being so close to Oxford. Yeah, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of really, really good players that come out of Memphis. Um, I mean, obviously, Matthew Morrell was a was a really, really good player uh, for us. Uh, and, you know, we were up there when, when I saw you earlier at a uh, Tennessee-sanctioned high school event. It's just some really, really good coaches there. Some, too, with the young, young players in Memphis and in Tennessee, maybe the very best it's been in a long, long time. And so we're always going to go to Memphis and and watch games and recruit and get some of the teams to come down for team camps and elite camps. And uh, and we're involved with some really good players in that city right now. Uh, yeah, that, make, that makes sense. So you, you did mention earlier about the SEC and how there's like a prestige uh, that is that comes along with the name SEC. But when most people think about the SEC, they do think about football. How how would you say it's been for you to try to bring a basketball culture to Ole Miss and the SEC as a whole? Well, number one, nobody loves SEC football more than me. <laughs> I love it. I've loved it my whole life. Um, I love watching it. I love going to games. I love everything about it. Uh, and you look across the, the best programs in the country. I mean, you can do it in both. You can. And that's what we're here to do. You know, to, I know Lane is – it's got his program going in a great direction, recruiting at a high level, coaching at a high level. And I just think that's a great selling point for us. We can bring recruits in to, to watch Lane's team play in football or watch Mike's team play in, in basketball and the success, excuse me, in baseball and the success that everybody's having on our campus. And so there's no question you can do it both. It's funded at a high level in basketball. I mean, Ole Miss has been to 22 postseasons in this history. And we've been to two, you know, the two that you could go to. And we thought we're an NCAA tournament team this last year. And so there have only been to nine NCAA tournaments in the history of the school. 
And so we're trying to change that mindset to where, you know, we get trying to get in, we have a great seeds. You can win games in the tournament. Yeah. And, uh, and I know Lane's trying to do the same thing now in football. So, um, but I love it. You can do it both. And I know we both sell each other's programs and uh, being able to take them to a great, great college atmosphere like Ball Hemingway is, is, is great for our guys. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So what lessons have you learned from your various coaching jobs? You know, I just think that we all evolve uh, with the times. You know, and we, it's, it's much been said that I'm 61 and I got the job when I was 24. So as I get older, you know what? The players always stay the same age. They always stay 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. They never get old, much older than that right there. And so the coaches that can't adapt – to social media, that can adapt to transfer portals, that can adapt to NIL, can't adapt to APR, all the different changes, can't adapt to shot clocks, can't adapt to three-point line going back, all the different things. You're not going to last long. And so you've got to constantly stay fresh. you got to constantly stay, stay young in your ideas. You got to stay current with young people. You got to hire great, great people around you. And that part has stayed the same. And uh, so I've learned that, you know, you ever have to get better and improve your thinking all the time. And uh, now basketball still can be a real simple game. You still got to make shots, you got to rebound, got to defend. But you you really got to stay current on a lot of fronts uh, in the recruiting and different things that that's going on in college athletics right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, So through your throughout your coaching career, you've you've pretty much stayed in college your whole time. So looking into the future, would you ever consider any possible MBA coaching or do you think college is just, is just for you? Yeah. You know, I did for a little bit, I did a little bit of advanced scouting for the Spurs back in the early nineties. I think Larry, Larry Brown was the head coach. Pop Greg Popovich was the assistant coach. RC Buford, who's now the general manager was an assistant coach. And I knew RC and I did that kind of the same time I was a junior college coach, and I just couldn't juggle the times good enough. I, I love NBA basketball. I learn a lot from watching NBA and European basketball. But college basketball is where I want to be. Yeah. Uh, this is this is my ultimate job, Ole Miss. I get to coach in my home state at a great, great, great university. And uh, this is where I want to be, and I have no aspirations to do any of that. I, I want to be in college and, and try to make deep runs in tournaments, try to get to final fours. And to me, that's the most exciting thing that I could do. Well, you're doing a great job at it. And oh yeah, for sure. At the helm of Ole Miss basketball. So I wanted to give you congratulations on that and oh, best yeah. of luck this coming season. Yes. And uh, your future. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate that. And, uh, we look forward to, to having you guys to Oxford. You guys come watch us play. Okay. Yes, sir. Before right. we go, is there anything you'd like to say to Ole Miss fans that are listening to this episode today? Yep, I just think get your season tickets. I mean, it's uh, it's just going to be an unbelievable, exciting team. They will play fast and exciting basketball. Uh, a lot of skilled players. Uh, I think we'll be a you know we've had some really really good players here at Ole Miss. This may be our most complete roster. The SEC is going to be the very best league in America, and we hope to have that pavilion rocking set the record for season tickets sold and I hope they'll get them early because I think they're going to really enjoy watching this team play. 
Oh, yeah, it's going to be some great basketball coming after COVID. So, yeah, I think Club Red's ready to get rocking and rolling, man. I think so. So, we'll look forward to having everybody back and uh, look forward to being with you guys again. Y'all have a great week. Okay. Thank you, you so well. much for joining us on this episode. Right. I'm your host, Robert Roden. And I'm Raymond Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on The Prowl. With the boys, yeah, we swoop, yeah, we swoop. And we got them high clocks. And we'll shoot, and we'll shoot with the Mercedes Benz in the